health, wealth, happiness, all of those good things. With Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meme Rebellion, where we talk about the hot and not as hot memes. I am Chris. Uh, it's not we this week. Uh, it's just me. Anna's out in New York doing her damnness to have a wedding anniversary amongst a pandemic of epic proportions. Uh, wishing her all the best on an amazing trip out to New York. Health, wealth, happiness, all of those good things with you and Josh, Ann. Um, but this week, it's just me. You're getting just me on my lonesome. Uh, and I'm doing this Iron Ann format, which for those of you that don't know, Ann did her own solo project uh, about, I don't know, maybe a week ago. Uh, zero takes, zero rehearsals. I'm just going to kind of glide on through this and hope that it works out for the best. Um, now, originally for this episode, I'd planned kind of a history lesson on meme evolution, uh, and I'll bring that back on a future episode. Uh, but in light as what uh, in light of what has transpired over the past week, I felt like it would be tone deaf not to talk a bit about coronavirus, or more importantly, the impact coronavirus has had, not just through health implications um, or fear, but the economic and so societal implications, the things that everyone is talking about. It's kind of permeated every fabric of our being. And we're seeing that everywhere. We're seeing it all over. Um, this is something that has changed the face of the world for a long time, if not forever. And we kind of see that in the meme world. And we can actually follow along with these events and America's response to these events as they unfold. And that's kind of the thing that I love about memes or I've enjoyed about memes uh, is that they're just communication. It's just humanity's way of processing the information around them, whether it's venting or passive aggressively arguing or making light of something, because if we didn't laugh, we'd cry. Uh, and the more I've kind of jumped into this and coronavirus formal meme exploration, the more I realized that this is really more about expression than anything. And, you know, it's very interesting. I have a a friend of mine, a, yeah, a friend of mine who shall remain nameless uh, unless he wants to be on the show because he's very fascinating. Um, he makes memes and is kind of like a, a meme connoisseur, purveyor of fine memes. Uh, and I can tell you, he takes incredible pride in his work. And it's, it's kind of funny, but it's true. Uh, there's a bit of art to memes and landing a joke. And like any comedian, uh, there is a, a kind of a personal stamp and a personal pride attached to anything that kind of goes out into the wild. Uh, and his shares and his likes of his things are social currency. And he will beam with pride when he, when he tells me about the things that he has released that have like really caught fire. And he's like, Hey man, I did this thing and you got to see this new meme I put together. And I'll be like, all right, dude, share it with me. He's like, it's got 10,000 likes. You're going to love it. You know, it's like very, it's a very proud thing. And uh, so I think, the more that I've kind of gotten into this formal habit of talking about memes, uh, it's kind of forced me to to really dig a little bit deeper than the surface and kind of see what this is, what what they're all about. And really, it's it's human expression. It's a way for us to kind of connect over these things that are happening. And coronavirus is a monumental experience, unlike anything the world has seen with modern technology. Now the world has seen this and potentially worse as far as plagues go and um, 
but never have we shared an experience like this with technology. And it's so interesting to find that common perspective amongst folks that are going through similar things. And even though you can feel isolated and we, we kind of are now, um, it still allows you to kind of ex go through things together uh, and feel validated along the way. And we kind of saw this with the with, through the stages of coronavirus uh, and this kind of expression through coronavirus. And in the early stages, when the outbreak started in Wuhan, getting acclimated to the virus uh, for the world was really more or less a kind of a dispelling act. Or a little, there was even a little bit of humor there. Um, so we saw a lot of Plague Inc. memes. You know, I, I, the one that kind of comes to mind is the the one with Kronk from Emperor's New Groove. I, I we always forget the name, but pretty sure it's Kronk. And the the headline is uh, China is trying to stop the spread of a deadly new virus at the worst possible time of year. And it's Kronk with this smirk, this like sly smirk on his face, and the cat the. Uh, the text he's saying in the actual movie is, oh yeah, it's all coming together. And over Kronk's face is Plague Inc. players as if they're super excited that this this thing is coming together. And little did they know they kind of were right. I mean, it, it actually was a recipe for disaster. I mean, if you're a Plague Inc. player, a recipe for success. Um, but the Plague Inc. player's goal is to wipe out the world, which is hopefully not what we're going for here. Uh, during that early stage, we also saw a lot of uh, monkey puppet usage, which uh, if you're unfamiliar, monkey puppet is um, a pretty famous meme uh, of a <laughs> surprise, surprise monkey puppet uh, looking forward and then looking back, but very deadpan. So it always looks like shifty eyes a little bit. Um, and the caption is plague starts in China. First confirmed case in U.S., the guy at Area One, Area Fifty One, playing Plague Inc., and it's just the picture of the of the monkey puppet with shifty eyes, looking back as if like, "Oh shit, is that me?" Um, <laughs> so it's there's a there are a lot of memes just kind of dispelling this a little bit, especially uh, American memes. A lot of these are out of America, obviously, um, and and when we look at them it's very easy to kind of see how we were dispelling it. We were kind of finding a little bit of humor in this. Um, and we saw a lot of memes targeting this as a Chinese virus or a Chinese disease. Um, since of course it was originally called the Wuhan coronavirus and the first cases were in Wuhan. Um, so there were a lot more, I think then than now, like needlessly racist memes um, and things that were kind of downplaying the severity and brushing it off as a passing thing that won't affect us. Uh, but then it did. And cases were on the rise in the U.S. And we started taking it seriously as some cases erupted and it got snowballed a little bit more and there were more in New York, more in California. And then the memes shifted to more of a jest about the virus being so close to home and our preparedness for it. And we saw a little bit more of that uh, fear, uncertainty, and doubt like, oh, shit, these are, at, <laughs> these are now at our borders. It's a real problem for us. And then the CDC started making statements about the dangers of it and how to take precautions against it. And um, we started talking about disease preparedness. So we saw a lot of rise in the CDC don't touch your face memes and these interesting uh little tidbits of uh just uh i, I meet 
if you're the CDC, I, I meet, I touch my face, they leave. Like those kind of um, <laughs> memes that are like the the tragic social cycle a lot of us go <laughs> go through. I meet, I talk to someone, they leave. Uh, we saw that being kind of crossed over with the CDC and um, how, <laughs> basically articulating how difficult it is and how ridiculously hard uh, it can be to not touch your face. What a silly request. But again, we're kind of making light of this thing and trying to find ways to to really um, just process it a little bit easier. And we started to see reaction to things as it got more serious and, and cases still were on the rise and still close to home. And then sports started to shut down. In LA, we saw movies, bars, gyms, anything with um, large groups or lengthy face-to-face -face interactions went kaput. And we started this kind of social distancing uh, routine where try to keep six feet between you and your neighbor. And it was a very... Uh, again, more more or less, there were guidelines and, and uh, preparedness tips, but a little bit more serious now. And now everyone starts to panic a bit more and stores start to go barren. And we get to what I can only describe as the great toilet paper famine of 2020. And interestingly, when we started social interaction or so, social distancing, sorry, when we started that social distancing. TikTok interestingly seems to get big here. Now, I don't know if it's just the luck of my searches or what, but I have a hunch that since a lot of our natural human interactions started to go away during this time and we were it was more difficult for us to kind of meet up with friends and talk and a little bit more sketchy when we did. If you had a cough in public, people looked at you like you had 20 heads. Um, that could be a really disconcerting feeling. So social interactions became a little bit more awkward and shunned even. And so TikTok kind of becomes a replacement for that. You have a digital means to see humans, to have fun with people. And TikTok is very much a, uh, a breeding ground for, for memes and some might call it even a cesspool of time. But I defend that TikTok here becomes kind of that, not a one-to-one -one replacement, but a little bit bigger than just picture memes because it's our way of, it's a much more authentic way of communicating with humans and seeing people in action really helps kind of deal with that isolation. Uh, and the big TikTok meme during this period of <laughs> of this coronavirus outbreak is the great TP crisis of our time and kind of <laughs> going through the insane shit that people will buy when coronavirus is. Now, coronavirus, by all measures and all research and armchair research that I've done, and again, I'm not a disease, again, just to make the record straight, I am not a disease specialist. I'm not a diseaseologist. I'm not a CDC representative or anything, but I have read up a lot on it and i by by read up a lot not talking media stuff talking cdc who stuff um which i think is very important distinction to make here because the media stories i think kind of bury the facts a little bit and can become a little bit clickbaity i'm not saying they're wrong i'm not saying it's misinformation but i am saying uh they have come off a little bit more hyperbolic in cases and it makes sense because you know they they have stories to tell um but for, by all measures, the CDC, the WHO, 
uh, when they're talking about this kind of social distancing and trying to take steps to avoid human contact, it's not because the virus is necessarily deadly. Quite the contrary, in fact. Um, anywhere from 80 to 90% of cases have been reported to to mild to severe symptoms, but severe is not life-threatening. It's, it's the complications that can come on top of that um, that can create a life-threatening scenario. Um, so not a, it, it's not a death sentence as folks kind of treat it as, but the human response to that is when people say doom and gloom or they, they experience doom and gloom, we go to things we can control. And in this case, it tends to be we go to the fucking store and buy bread, eggs, toilet paper, stock up on paper goods, and we treat it as if a blizzard's coming to town because it's just kind of ingrained. And th these are the things we can control for. And yes, it comes with preparedness and it comes with doomsday prepping or whatever. But really, it is a method of control in these situations where we're like, well, there's nothing else we can do but kind of wait it out and, and kind of hold on. Um, so naturally, it creates these ridiculous shortages as if a blizzard's coming. But this thing is going to be a very slow burning process that may take weeks, even months, potentially, of us kind of being in this social isolation scenario. And this TP crisis of our time that has erupted from this has been incredibly lucrative for the memers out there who have taken it to <laughs> taken it to a level of what are you replacing TP with is a good example of some of the, <laughs> the categories that have come out of this. And now not all of them are memes. So I'm trying to categorize them because if I told you that there are a lot of pictures of people just folding tortillas over their <laughs> over their toilet paper roll because they're out of toilet paper and they're kind of expressing that, yo, I can't get my toilet paper. So here's a natural alternative. Um, it's not a meme itself, but the category of what are you replacing toilet paper with and tortillas happen to be in the category. Now we're talking here because it's a copyable template. So tortillas have been uh, a big one. Dogs on TikTok, there's an amazing video of a guy <laughs> like out of toilet paper and he's like kind of looking at the roll and all of a sudden he like eyes his bright white Shih Tzu dog <laughs> staring at him from across the toilet and uh, it cuts to him, cuts to the dog, cuts to him, cuts to the dog. And then all of a sudden it, <laughs> it erupts into this incredibly fast pace run through the hallways and stairs as he's trying to to catch this dog for obviously the old solution to number two when no tp exists desperate times am i right folks um the other one that has really just totally taken hold of me is the the cutting cutting paper towels um <laughs> meme where folks are uh, the the one that kind of started it all is actually a Twitter post um, by B Man, and uh, it says, "Do you do you guys buy sliced toilet paper, or y'all like me and just buy the whole loaf? It's cheaper." <laughs> and it's it's his paper towel roll on a cutting board with a bread knife, and he has sawed through it <laughs> to make three distinct looking toilet paper rolls out of this paper towel, and it's just absolutely incredible. Um, and this has kind of spawned this whole cutting paper towels instructional kind of kind of scenario where people on TikTok are, are taking you through how to cut your toilet paper, uh, your paper towels or create new rolls of toilet paper out of them. 
in just what I think is an absolutely wonderful expression of desperation. <laughs> um, and then, of course, there's the the whole embracing being out of toilet paper and not being able to get it and not taking power into your own hands. Um, we've seen some some <laughs> equating of uh, when Costco gets toilet paper back in stock, it becomes this huge, huge, huge deal. Uh, so there, there are a lot of PUBG memes um, and Apex memes and uh, Battle Royale memes and Battle Royale games. There are care packages that drop. And typically care packages or any type of uh, rare treat that is dropped in these games is fought over by numerous teams in this like epic firefight typically because you know someone's going to be there and you need to kill them uh so a lot of these care package memes have been have been used to kind of describe when costco gets toilet paper back in stock all of a sudden there's it's like there's a care package drop so you just see a, a picture of uh, <laughs> a PUBG game where someone like there's smoke everywhere it just looks like an absolute war zone and this guy's crouched behind this this crate which would be the toilet paper rolls in this case and he's just firing his gun at whatever you can't even see um it's just this hail of bullets absolutely amazing and most importantly this is not this this one is not an actual meme but I have to say it was one of my favorite things to to read through in this kind of uh, <laughs> expression, which is uh, two violinists, two, yes, violin players uh, put together a <laughs> a rendition of the Titanic scene where it's right as the the titanic basically is is about to go down and in the the chandelier ballroom this beautiful area there's uh in the where the rich folks are um there's this like violin quartet playing um oh no actually i think they're on the deck i might be wrong i think they're on the deck uh but either way they decide they're gonna play one last kind of set before the lights go out so to speak and they play this. They start playing this beautiful somber melody while everyone's trying to scramble into lifeboats and stuff. And uh, so these two violinists have put, have life vests on. <laughs> and they're sitting in like a Ralph's, basically in the uh, empty toilet paper aisle, and they're playing the Titanic tribute song <laughs> on their violins for folks to kind of <laughs> enjoy. Um, just unbelievably fun kind of again <laughs> a fun lens to view a really aggravating situation the, to the toilet paper being out not so much scary maybe it is scary i don't know how you live your life but it's not a dire circumstance it's not a life and death situation here but i just it, it is amazing to me and fascinating to watch the kind of things that will gravitate to as people and kind of just basically latch onto to express or, or kind of share this experience together. And, you know, obviously there's a lot scarier things than the TP being out, but that's kind of the thing that we can have fun with a little bit. And everyone can instantly understand you've shortcut to everyone's brains, a very relatable circumstance in this horrible time and it's just it 
it, it gets me. It gets me. Um, and the other thing we see is uh, when sports started canceling stuff, uh, and we saw a lot of kind of the, uh, I guess the the venues and and leagues started to cancel. We saw NBA cancel their season. We saw the NHL postpone their season. Um, we saw the MLB shrug their shoulders, and I guess they're they're delaying spring training, but they're going to hang on and wait and see. The NFL, they don't start till fall, so they're like, yeah, fuck it, who cares? But everyone else is kind of can't. March Madness canceled theirs, um, their tournament. Once those started going down, the it became a bit of a kerfuffle, and the sports world kind of had to grapple with their own loss of um, entertainment, a huge part of their lives, and you know, nothing makes a an era. <laughs> a time of social isolation worse, like losing some of your favorite entertainment uh, just to add insult to injury. And so um, naturally there became kind of a meal replacement (laughs) sports replacement um, (laughs) meme Genesis, I guess uh, where we saw a lot of folks plugging Adam Sandler's character in Uncut Gems, which, by the way, I watched this week in an amazing um, an amazing setup that my wife put together, which I, I will, I will, if you'll indulge me, actually, you have no choice, you're going to indulge me on. Uh, my wife put together, my wife put together this amazing, uh, I, I guess I'll call it date night? Yeah, yeah, it was a date night. She put together this amazing date night, but it was uh, we we were unable we're obviously unable to go out to have a date night. We're expecting our our first child uh, now in about a week, not even maybe a few days. No, yeah, a little over a week. Um, <laughs> hey, Chris, do you know when you're having your baby? I do. I'm just trying to tell a story here. Uh, so we're expecting our our first child next week, and. She decided that since we couldn't go out, she was going to bring date night to us. And so she surprised me with a homemade movie, a dinner and a movie experience complete with, and I shit you not, she went on YouTube and found all of those goofy freaking movie theater advertisements that you see. Um, including like the Eminem silence your cell phone thing. That's like a Bruce Willis action film, like just real goofy stuff. Uh, my buddy shout out to my buddy, Ryan Nunn is in a Coke commercial that plays a lot in movie theaters. Uh, it's the no, no matter what that Coke commercial, if you've ever seen it, it's usually on all the time. Um, she got that Coke commercial to play and she made like this custom YouTube, both movie trailer and commercial playlist. And timed it so that we were a little late to the movie. And it was just like this epic, like all the little details were there. So shout out to my wife for hard carrying our freaking marriage. You're the best, Lori. Love you. Anyway, so we see (laughs) with sports going down, we're seeing a lot of this Adam Sandler uncut gems, which, by the way, was the movie we watched, bringing that whole story together. Um, These uncut gems memes where (laughs) obviously, if you haven't seen it, Adam Sandler is a degenerate gambler who just keeps making such shitty decisions. Um, the movie is incredibly intense because of his bad decision-making. Uh, 
And so the uncut gems scene, this is how I win, which has been a meme for a while, um, is kind of put up against these awkward other betting scenarios. So there's <laughs> there's one that's like betontheweather.io, which is like, so it's, the, the caption is day three without sports and it's the uncut gems picture and then betonweather.io, which is bet on the weather, beat your local meteorologist and make money <laughs> and just a sign up box to kind of get in on this betting on the weather um and then there's like there's uh these real wonky side bets uh that i guess you can make somewhere somewhere in the world where uh you can bet on political events and uh one is like (laughs) days until a north korean missile crisis headline (laughs) and it's just that these all these folks trying to cope with not having sports and then trying to figure out new things to bet on uh again just super fun um so we're seeing a lot of a lot of memes about coping mechanisms i think now more so than um preparation and uh you know as we're entering into quarantine uh mode and it seems like it's shifting that way into like this very much more regimented quarantine, not just uh, a, a social distancing experiment, but now getting to like a more of a quarantine state. I'm sure we'll see much more, much more coping, much more of these like coping kind of memes come out of the woodwork on just how people are dealing with it. And again, creating that shared experience um for everyone and and really validation you know uh and just kind of validation for how you feel and how you're going through this thing and processing it and again we're experiencing something never experienced before in this kind of modern technological age and we're able to share in it like never before and when things get bad it's very natural to find these periods of fear, uncertainty, and doubt kind of filled in with trench humor and this ability to laugh into the darkness and kind of look fear in the eye and make light of a, of a very intense situation. And sometimes it can come off callous. Sometimes it crosses the line. Um, but it's a very common and a very human reaction to things. And you see it a lot in, in, all across history and things like war and prison and just these unbelievable, unbelievably grim circumstances. And, uh, you know, I don't think we're in unbelievably grim, but we are in a very different phase of life than we've ever known. And I think these, these memes are, and now like these coping memes are a very human response to difficulty. And, It'll be interesting to see how things kind of progress and the things the collective conscious of the internet focuses on and for us to review it. Anne and I will be here when it does. Um, But that takes care of kind of what I wanted to talk about today. And I hope it was a little bit entertaining and interesting. And I don't even know how long I went. How long did I go? I went about is that 27 minutes. Wow. All right. That's not bad. You're getting a good 30-minute run out of me today. And I think we went over uh, quite a few memes there along the way, which is good. Uh, it goes fast when you're going alone, and it is not easy. This Iron Man format is difficult, I will say. it. Anyone who does live radio, damn, good for you. 
But uh, in the meantime, stay healthy, stay safe, stay inside for crying out loud. It's being done for your protection. Stop trying to go against doctor's orders, you freaking whatever. No, I'm just kidding. You're probably great. Um, like us on Twitter. If you if you liked this podcast, smash that subscribe button. Um, hit us up on Patreon. We're not on Patreon. That's just on our sign off. I don't know why we have that, but we do. Um, and email us at memorabiliapodcast at gmail.com. We'd be happy to, to hear from you. I'd be happy to read anything except what any company thinks about COVID-19. I swear, this somehow has become carte blanche for every company on earth to start sending email updates about COVID-19 as if I care what Chase Bank wants to is doing about COVID-19. And I don't I'm like, hey, dude, I get it. That's fine. If you want to update folks and let us know how woke you are about staying healthy and keeping things hygienic. Great. That's awesome. I don't need that multiplied across every place I've ever given my freaking email to sign up for their damn newsletter for. I don't need to hear it from like my printer, a printer a people who print on paper and signage are sending COVID-19 updates. And I'm like, well, I, why, why are you sending this to me? Um, so yeah, email us. Cause I would love to drown out that noise and hear from you, our lovely listeners. Um, again, I've been Chris. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you very soon. I think I'm doing this later in the week. So yeah, we'll probably see you in a, in a day or so. <laughs> Bye.